0: Chapter Seven of Grace Harlowe's Second Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: Girls and Their Ideals. Directly after her last class the next day, Grace hurried to her room to change her gown. She looked forward with eager pleasure to her evening with Mabel Ashe. She was deeply attracted to the pretty senior, who was the best-liked girl in college, and Grace could not help feeling a trifle proud of Mabel's frank enjoyment of her society. Anne, knowing Grace was to be away, had accepted an invitation to go down to Ruth Denton's little room, help her cook supper, and spend the evening with her oh dear sighed grace as she tried vainly to reach the two hooks of her dark blue charmeuse gown that seemed only a sixteenth of an inch out of reach i wish anne were here i can touch these two hooks with the ends of my fingers but i can't fasten them i'll have to ask mabel to hook me up when i get to holland house Giving up in disgust, Grace slipped into her long blue serge coat, carefully adjusted her new fall hat that she had just received from home, and catching up her gloves ran downstairs. Mabel Ashe's graceful welcoming figure, leaning over the baluster waiting for her, was the first thing that attracted her attention as she stepped inside the hall at Holland House. "'Come right up,' invited Mabel. "'We'll have a little while together before dinner.' did you bring your notebook yes replied grace remember you were to help me choose a subject for my theme you volunteered you know not until after dinner though if you don't mind sit down here and be comfy this is my pet chair but i insist on letting you have it because you are company she gently pushed grace into a roomy leather-covered armchair seating herself opposite grace mabel fixed her brown eyes almost gravely on her now grace she said earnestly please tell me about this miss atkins of wayne hall there isn't much to tell replied grace did you ever see her once we had a little trouble with her our very first day back continued grace she took possession of our room and refused to give it up then when mrs elwood came to our rescue she went to the room that had been assigned to her like a little lamb she felt anything but lamb-like toward me, you may believe, and when later Mrs. Elwood brought up her new roommate she refused to allow her to enter." "'Refused to allow her to enter?' repeated Mabel, wonderingly. What sort of girl is she, Grace?" "'I don't know,' answered Grace, doubtfully. "'She is an enigma. She speaks the most precise English, with absolutely no trace of slang. But she looks as though the whole world were her natural enemy. Elfrida named her the anarchist. I'm rather ashamed to say that we call her that behind her back." Mabel smiled slightly, then asked, "'What did the girl do, the one she wouldn't room with, I mean?' She went downstairs to wait for Mrs. Elwood. The reason I know all about it is because that I happened to hear her tell Miss Taylor, that's a freshman's name, that she would have to go elsewhere. I knew Mrs. Elwood was out, so I went down to see if there was anything I could do for her, and she told me all about it. I knew Mrs. Elwood would be out of patience with Miss Atkins and ask her to leave Wayne Hall. Grace paused. What happened next? asked Mabel, interestedly. I told Miss Taylor I would try to fix things for her. I went upstairs and plotted with Elfreda. Then she and I bearded the dragon in her den. After I had finished telling her that it would be better to take little Miss Taylor without further bickering, Elfreda rose to the occasion and gave her a much-needed lecture. She is very shrewd, I think. She evidently realized she had gone too far. She objected to Miss Taylor because it is her nature to object to everything. When she saw that we had taken up the cudgels in Miss Taylor's behalf and that she was likely to get into hot water, she decided to accept her as a roommate without further opposition. That's the whole story. She must be eccentric and very disagreeable, commented Mabel. What made you go to such pains to save her from the wrath of Mrs. Elwood? I suppose I felt sorry for her confessed grace she is beginning her freshman year in the worst possible spirit but as I said to the girls not long ago we do not know what lies back of her disagreeable manner why are you so interested in hearing about her mabel she is making herself the subject of considerable censure among the juniors and seniors by snubbing the girls of her own class and calmly announcing that she wishes to make only powerful and influential friends in college returned mabel you know of course the attitude of the old students towards freshmen this miss atkins sees the laboring under the impression that she is an exception to tradition or else she has no sense of the fitness of things at first i am sorry to say a few of the seniors looked upon her as a joke but the reaction has set in and like humpty dumpty she is going to take a great fall when she does all the king's horses and all the king's men won't be of any assistance to her in getting her back from where she tumbled I don't believe she realizes that she is making herself ridiculous. I was at Fintons last Saturday afternoon. Jessie Meredith invited another senior and me to luncheon there. Imagine our surprise when a prim, precise little figure marched up to our table and seated herself as calmly as though she were the president of the senior class. There is room for four at those tables, you know, and we had not reserved ours. Still there were plenty of other tables at which she might have seated herself it was rather embarrassing for all of us, but it was worse when she tried to break into the conversation. She insisted on expounding her views on whatever we discussed. We were compelled to cut short our luncheon and flee to Martell's for dessert. We escaped at the moment the waitress was serving her luncheon, so she couldn't very well rise and pursue us. If I had been alone, I might have stayed, but Jessie was disgusted, and I was Jessie's guest. Grace had listened to Mabel's recital with troubled eyes. I never before knew a girl quite like Miss Atkins she said slowly what is it you wish me to do for her mabel wise young sophomore laughed mabel how did you guess it you were not given to footless gossip replied grace quietly besides i live at wayne hall cleverer and cleverer commented the senior in mock admiration this is my idea i hope that being in the same house with her you might be able to guide her gently along the beaten trail made by girls like you however after what you have told me i am afraid you are not the one to do it i haven't a particle of influence with her said grace soberly you must know that from what i have already told you yes i do know it answered mabel is there anyone at wayne hall who would be likely to have the right kind of influence no grace shook her head doubtfully then she suddenly brightened there's one person who might help her elfreda is going to invite her to the sophomore reception she doesn't wish to do it, I know, although she hasn't said so. Please don't think me conceited, but Elfreda will do anything for me. She fancies herself under obligation to me on account of what happened last year," Grace added in an embarrassed tone. "'Grace Harlowe!" exclaimed Mabel delightedly, "'I believe we have solved our problem. J. Elfreda is a very one to make Miss Atkins wake up from what is expected from her at Overton. Will you talk with her about it and ask her if she is willing to try?' I'll tell her tonight promised grace. I'm sure she'll try. She is not afraid to tackle Miss Atkins either, or she wouldn't have invited her to the reception. Then that's settled for the time being at least declared mabel jubilantly just in time for dinner, too. There goes the bell after dinner more conversation followed. It was eight o'clock before grace remembered her theme. What shall I write about she demanded? You promised to supply the inspiration. So I will, returned mabel cheerfully. Why don't you write about—?" She paused, frowning slightly. After all my faunted promises I am not able to suggest anything on the spur of the moment, she confessed, laughingly. Why don't you take some incident in your own life or write that of your friends and write a story about it? She proposed after a moment's silence. I don't believe I could ever write a story, confessed Grace. I think I'll write a little discussion about girls and their ideals. That sounds interesting, commented Mabel go ahead with it you may sit at this table if you like grace seated herself nibbled at the end of her fountain pen reflectively then began to write mabel busied herself with her own work at last grace shoved aside the closely written sheets of paper it's done she cried in a triumphant voice now we can talk may i read it asked mabel of course if you wish to laughed grace it isn't worth the trouble though mabel picked up the theme and began to read Grace rose and, strolling over to the bookcase, fell to examining the various bindings. Her friend's flattering comment, "'It's splendid, Grace! I had no idea you could write so well,' caused her to look up in surprise from the book she held in her hand. "'I don't think it is very remarkable,' she contradicted. "'It hasn't a shred of literary style.' "'It's convincing,' argued Mabel. "'That is because I felt strongly on my subject.' when it comes to anything that lies near my heart i am always convincing father says i put up the most convincing argument for anyone he knows smiled grace he always declares he is wax in my hands i hope you will make a visit and meet my father and mother mabel she added i surely will promised mabel we must correspond after i leave college i wish you could go home with me for one of the holiday vacations can't you manage it i'm afraid not this year returned grace doubtfully father and mother wouldn't object but they missed me so during the year that i feel as though my holidays belonged to them i am an only child you know so am i returned mabel i am extremely popular with my father if i can tear myself away from him to make you a visit surely you ought to be equally public-spirited i'll think it over laughed grace oh dear she exclaimed a moment later glancing at the little french clock on the chiffonier i must go tis twenty minutes to ten how the time has slipped away thank you bowed mabel such appreciation of my society is gratifying in the extreme i'll invite you again see that you do retorted grace have you any engagement for saturday afternoon if you haven't then suppose we have luncheon at vinton's then we can go for a long walk we can stay out all afternoon stop at the tea shop for supper and come home on the street car or walk in if we choose we might ask francis and anne to join us Miriam and Elfrida are going out for a ride. Miriam has got a horse here this year. She had her choice between a horse and a runabout, and she took the horse. The moment Elfreda found out she had one, she wrote home about it. Now she has a riding horse, too. I had my own pet mount elixir here during my freshman and sophomore years. The latter part of my second year I didn't take him out enough to exercise him, so I ordered him sent home. He's a beauty, jet black with a three-cornered white spot in the middle of his forehead he's an arabian and father paid an extravagant price for him he shakes hands and does ever so many tricks that i taught him when you go home with me you shall see him i'd love to have a riding horse confessed grace but father can't afford it i never asked him but i know he can't we have no car either make a visit and you can ride elixir every day bribed mabel i'd love that exclaimed grace fervently as she slipped into her coat and settled her hat firmly on her fluffy hair Good night, Mabel. Come and see me soon. Don't forget our Saturday walk. I'll go to the door with you, announced Mabel. No, I won't forget our walk. I'll tell Frances about it tomorrow before she has a chance to make other plans. She is a popular young person and elusive in the matter of dates. There are others, retorted Grace, with a significant glance at her friend. So there are, agreed Mabel innocently. On the way home Grace wondered if there were any way in which she might help Laura Atkins. True to her promise, she went at once to interview Elfreda on the subject of the eccentric freshman. She found Miriam and the stout girl busily engaged in trying to put together a puzzle that Elfreda had unearthed in the toy department of one of the Overton stores that afternoon. Puzzles were the delight of Elfreda's heart, but once put together they immediately ceased to be of interest. "'This is a wonder!' she exclaimed at sight of Grace. "'It is worth having. Neither Miriam nor I can put it together.' I have a harder one for you to tackle, smiled Grace. Then she recounted her conversation with Mabel Ash. You have altogether too much faith in my powers of persuasion, grumbled Elfreda, secretly pleased nevertheless. But that is much better than if we had no faith at all, reminded Grace. End of chapter 7 Recording by Ashley Jane